we had the amazing opportunity to speak with Manovsky and Tenchi over Zoom video. Manovsky talks about being born and raised in Sydney, Australia, and how he got into music. His dad was a drummer, so he ended up picking up drums at a very early age. He has a twin brother who is a guitar player, but he has played drums his entire life in numerous bands, ended up becoming a studio musician, did that for a long time to the point where he ended up building and owning a studio in Sydney. He talked about leaving that studio, moving to London, and getting involved in the current studio he works at. Tenchi had a totally different experience in music. He grew up born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, and he didn't make it out to the UK until he was going to university. He went to university there. His dad is a scientist, moved him out to, to London for a while. Shortly after that, his dad moved, got a different job, and uh, Tenchi decided to stay, kind of built his own little community there. They both talked about how they got into production, both uh, engineering and producing a lot of songs now, writing songs for other people. They work at the same studio so they can see each other kind of through a vocal booth. That's how they got to know each other. And that's how Beautiful became a song. Tenchi had the hook and some piano pieces together for the song. Manovsky heard it and was like, I, I want to be a part of this song. They ended up uh, writing the rest of Beautiful together. So they talk all about that as well. You can watch our interview with both Minovsky and Tenchi on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Minovsky and Tenchi. Well, this podcast is about the both of you and your journey in music and how you met. And we'll talk about uh, the new record. Beautiful as well. That's cool. Amazing. Yeah, man. Sounds awesome. good. Awesome. Um, we'll, we'll, start with, we'll start with you, Tenchi. Where were you born and raised? Um, so, yeah, I was, I was actually uh, born and raised in Detroit um, in the States. And, yeah, I grew up there and... Basically, to cut a long story short, I ended up moving to, to London um, for university, and um, and then I never left. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So you were born and raised here in the States, and then you took off, what, 18 years old or so? Yeah, yeah, a little, a little bit before then. Um, and, and yeah, I came over here and um, ended up um, sort of meeting both my musical family and my what has become my family family. So, um, yeah, I, I couldn't get enough of the amazing weather in London. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was, is it better than Detroit though? Uh, yeah, it's different. It's different. It's, um, Detroit what, it, snows quite a bit, right? Yeah. 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 We have a lot of snow. Um, yeah, to be fair. Yeah. It's, it's probably, it's, it is different. Cause like Michigan and like, obviously up, up North America is like, a lot of snow, a lot of like mm -hmm. extreme cold. And um, here in London, we're a bit more drizzly, constant yeah. drizzles. Constant but we have drizzle. amazing, yeah, we have amazing summers in London. Like you can't really beat the, the sunshine when it comes, the few times it comes around in the year. It's, <laughs> it's a vibe here. That's cool. What was it like growing up in Detroit? Like what made, uh, uh, go ahead, sorry. I asked no. a question and I continue to talk. <laughs> <laughs> no worries yeah it was it was it was cool like um you know I, obviously i was like in, in a suburb there um 
but yeah, it was, it was, it was good. I mean, my, my mom's family is all from the Midwest. So it was nice to be close to family. And, mm-hmm. and um, obviously like the lakes are amazing and, you know, it's, it's a cool place. And, you know, as a younger person um, at that time, I wasn't really that involved like in the music scene there and stuff, but it obviously comes with like amazing rich history with Motown and, mm-hmm. and like Eminem and, you know, like um, D12 and like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's loads of, of really cool music coming from there. So I guess being around that has always been a, a good thing. And I think like music education in general in, in the States is really good as well. Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, school band and, and all that kind of stuff. Like it is, it is quite supportive, which is really good. That's cool. Were you in a part, were you part of the school band or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was the, um, in the drums section. Oh, percussion. When did you start? Was that your first instrument drums? Yeah. Yeah, it was actually. Um, I think I, I mean, actually I played violin when I was like really young, but I didn't really get into it much. Um, I wasn't, wasn't falling in love, but yeah, I kind of started playing like pots and pans from sort of five. And then I think my parents saw that and they were like, yeah, we need to, we need to upgrade you to a a snare drum. So I got a snare drum first and then like, I kind of built it from there and, and did school band. And I think that's how I justified getting a drum kit and um, yeah, eventually got onto a real kit. And yeah, so that was kind of like my first instrument that I was like super passionate about. That's amazing. And then eventually you get to London and what made you move there and attend school? Um, yeah. So the initial reason why I came to London actually was with my dad because my dad's a scientist. So oh, wow. we actually, we moved around quite a bit. Um, in the teenage years and yeah, he got offered a job, um, in the UK and London. So we came here. Um, and then he actually ended up leaving quite quickly, um, cause he got offered a better position somewhere else, um, where he could continue doing his, um, his research. So, but yeah, I kind of, um, I kind of, I think it was like just that particular time in my life. It was like an informative time of like, uh-huh. you know, finding your, your people and, and your friends and all that kind of stuff. And I think like I managed to like find a cool community and like get involved in music and stuff here. So then when it kind of came time to that college university age, like I just made the decision to, to stay here and, and make it happen. So yeah, my, my parents moved back, but um, I, I ended up staying here. Wow. And did you go to college for music at all? I did actually. Yeah, I did. Um, I did like a, a music technologies type degree. Um, and, and yeah, so it was, it was, I had like access to recording studios and, and stuff like that, but it was, um, it was actually um, more based around um, science. It was like a, a mm. en- more of an engineering side. So like we made plugins. Um, oh, we rad. Actually, yeah. It was really cool. It was really cool. We, we also did like some hardware stuff and robotics and actually it was quite funny because we were the, like the, the misfits of the, of the kind of um, department because we would share um, like modules with people who were like doing aerospace engineering. And then they just have like music people there and they're like, what are these music people doing in this aer- aerospace engineering module? Like we did, yeah, we did crazy stuff like, um, like um 
mathematical logic and stuff like that because kind of applies to like programming so uh-huh. so yeah it was cool but it was a nice mix because it's like i got to learn loads of things that i had no you know previous experience in and like to be honest like a lot of that stuff really helped to like as i started to really get into the mu- the real like music production side of things it you know it kind of um helped to give a better understanding of how um you know how these plugins work and right you know, the, the sort of more mathematical and scientific end of the um creative well there um, really is a lot of like science and and math behind it if you look into like even if you're doing like eqing of a like a sound wave because you're like you're molding different different frequencies yeah it's weird 100 (laughs) yeah it is i think like i think they say that like music as a science is like the most complicated type of science i i'm 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 coining that. I'm probably offending like a lot of people, like my dad. He's your dad's like gonna call you and be like, "What the hell are you talking about?" (laughs) Yeah, he'd be like, "Dude, he's like, music is is not that." But no, when it comes down to like, like the 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 fundamentals of like frequency and like sound waves and stuff like that, it's like obviously very like very scientific. Yeah, really complex, but very cool. Well, Stephen, how about you? Um, Born and raised. Um, born and raised in Sydney, Australia. Okay. Um, and what was it like growing a, up there? Say that again. What was it like growing up there? Um, it was great. Um, I mean, Australia is, is such a like you know it's a it's like like California. It's it's all sunny. It's you mm-hmm. can do lots of outdoor stuff. Um, lots of music festivals and lots of sports. Um, I got into music when when I was probably about four or five. Um, and played drums as well. Oh, the first instrument? Yeah. Well, my first instrument actually um, was an accordion, which is hilarious. Oh, really? Yeah. That's amazing. The old squeeze box. (laughs) So Um, good. But I, I, I mean, not that, not that I'm against uh, accordions, but I quickly moved away from that, um, and and picked up the drums and kind of started. I think I started lessons when I was like six or five. Um, and my, my dad was, was a bit of a musician. So I, and, and he, he was a, a drummer. So I kind of took after him. Um, mm-hmm. and did he play a, professionally? Yeah. Like in band stuff? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like literally like until I moved to the UK, I was like a professional drummer and studio guy. Wow. Um, Yeah. So I like, I literally played in every kind of band, like you name it, whoever pays me, I'm going to play their music. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Why not? Right. (laughs) Yeah. It it was amazing. I I got, I got lots of like uh, from world music um, all the way to cabaret and everywhere in between rock, pop, dance, whatever. So that's how I kind of made my bread and butter. So you started drumming, you said five, six years old. And then do you take that through school as well? Were you in the band and everything like that? Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. Like I, I remember when I was, uh, I basically in, in primary school, I was the drummer in all the bands. I was, I was basically like the drummer in, in all the bands growing up okay. um, and went to Newtown Performing Arts High School, which was uh, a performing arts high school, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to do music, um, harder music there compared to like my twin brother 
didn't actually, he plays guitar as well, um, but he didn't go to performing arts school. And I really saw the difference in, in the level of what they were teaching at a state school versus a performing arts school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, interesting. So, so he is a musician as well, but he yep. just, but he took a different route as far as high school went. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he didn't get into the performing arts school for some reason. Like he's, he's an amazing guitarist. Um, but I think they were just maybe full of guitarists or something. Huh. Um, so yeah, it was, it was quite odd cause, cause we're twins and we played in bands growing up. Mm-hmm. So like to be split at in year seven in high school is re is, I mean, we, it was kind of cool because we've got lots of different friends from all walks of life. Um, but yeah, it was, it, we continued playing together, obviously all the way till I, till I came to London, basically oh, Okay. Um, in different bands. So you did that, you played in bands with your brother and then you were also a studio musician. And how did you get involved in that? Um, it was just a natural progression. Um, I, I had like a, a rock pop band that I, like we were going to be the biggest thing in the world. We thought, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, sure. um, and I, I ended up like, it was too expensive to like go and record at a studio. So we bought cheap gear and mm-hmm. I, lo- I was basically the engineer of, of the group. Um, so, and eventually we ended up building up an, an amazing home studio, um, like with amazing mics and pre's and compressors. Oh, wow. Yeah. Was, and my, my singer at the time had a bit of OCD. So he used to like research what the best, like Tom mics are. Mm-hmm. And then w- like we'd, we'd save up money and buy the best Tom mics. Um, and, and like that for everything. So it was kind of, it was a good learning curve. I, I didn't actually go to like, uh, a, a university for it or anything, but all, all the things I learned on the job were like more, I feel more valuable because it's all trial and error ultimately. Mm-hmm. Sure. And would you record like bands in the area, like local bands? Yeah. Local bands. Um, I started get like, obviously at some point I like probably when I was about 17 or 18, I started getting paid to like be the engineer producer guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause I was linked into the, to the musician scene in Sydney and everyone kind of knows everyone there. Um, when I eventually bought a studio, um, everyone used to come to me, like all my friends, everyone used to basically hire my place and hire me. And we got to do amazing records together. Wow. Yeah. And what took you then to the UK? Like, why did you leave all that? Um, I mean, it, it owning a studio, it was like a, an amazing dream studio. Um, actually, when when I was with my band, we tried to like record at this place, but it was way too expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a few grand a day or something at that point. Um, and about eight or ten years later, I literally owned it. I was like, I worked my way up and saved my money, and I and I I got a few lucky breaks. And I own this studio that I wanted to record in. So it was like, I remember sitting there um, broke because I, I just spent all my money buying this studio, not one client and sitting there going, oh, wow, I've got the dream studio. What do I do next? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. So then you had it and you didn't just, well, instead then, of just it, staying there and kind of come, becoming, you know, you know, comfortable, so to speak, and just recording bands and, and owning this place, you decided to get up and move to the UK? Yeah, I built it up over like about six or seven years. Mm-hmm. I, I kept it for about six or seven years and it, it was amazing, but I, I kind of hit the ceiling in, in Sydney. There's not a huge scene. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and a, a buddy of mine, Tonino, um, was in was in London, and he used to come come back to Sydney every like Christmas, um, to see his folks and this and that. And he would tell me all about like, oh man, you got to come to London, check out the scene, it's amazing, you know. And one day I literally bought a ticket and rang him up. I was and said, dude, I'm I'm coming to stay on your couch soon. <laughs> um, and so he was actually working at Tile Yard Studios, where I'm based now. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and, and I, I came over and he just, like, introduced me to everyone. Um, and that was my, I suppose, my first, like, taste of, like, in-the-box pop production or, uh, you know, not working with bands all the time. It was kind of like, oh, wow, we can just make music on a laptop. This is amazing. Oh, so you hadn't done really that type of production prior to I'd, moving there? I'd, I'd had a little uh-huh. bit, but not like like we do now. Like it it was, it was a whole different, like, you know, recording bands and, and lots of people compared to like writing songs in a room with people, uh, a little bit different. So, but yeah, I hadn't really done it that much in Sydney. Were you involved in the songwriting process as well? Um, uh, in Sydney, not so much. Um, when, when I was with my, my band, I, I, we were all, all writing the songs, but then after the band split up, we basically for the next eight years, I was more of a producer engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But yeah, so th- then I moved here. I was like, wow, I can songwrite again. I can be involved and like, and, and it really like, um, it was just a good sea change as well. Mm-hmm. And you have some plaques back there. Were you involved oh, in yeah. those records? Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a few, a few little plaques. Hopefully you get some more. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about those plaques real quick. Um, uh, them ones, uh, for some tunes I did with Sigala. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's a DJ here. We did, um, a tune with Nile Rogers and, um, John Newman. Oh, wow. Of Chic, Nile Rogers? Yeah. Yeah. He, oh, he wow. Such a dude. We, we, I got to like go into the studio and jam with him. What um, was that like? He's incredible. He's a legend. Like he just owns it. Um, I remember we were like, oh, we need some, like I played the guitars on that track originally mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, we need, we need to get some more guitars on this. We're, t- we're, we're talking to Niall about it. I was like, I will be there. <laughs> Name right. time. I'm there right. whenever you want. I'll cancel all plans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was so lovely. He's just a pro. He's, uh, and he ended up, we ended up jamming for like half an hour. He was like playing, playing his, his thing. And then eventually he was like, oh the demo guitar part is just amazing. Why don't we just replay that and make it more Nile? Um, so it was, it was very flat flattering. Yeah. I was going to say that must've been a huge, yeah. Comp- or like, yeah. What a compliment. Compton with Nile. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, he's, times Nile. But, I mean, that, that just shows the, the lack of ego as well saying, well, I don't need to reinvent the wheel. What's there mm-hmm. is great. It, it was already working. So why don't I just yeah. make it more Nile? That's awesome. This is one of the, I was just going to weigh in to say like, cause Steve and I met at Tile Yard cause I'm based at Tile Yard as well. And our oh, okay. studios act, our studios actually are next to each other through a vocal booth. So we can see through the vocal booth and we just pull faces at each other and send weird messages to each other and, you know, try and try and put it, put each other off during the day um, with some comedy. But um, yeah, this being in this, this, um, creative hub is is amazing and there's so many opportunities and like um you know so many awesome people that are around this community um and yeah it it opens up a lot of opportunities you know to work with 
with great people. Mm-hmm. So this, this is, you guys met here at the studio that, you, that you're at? Yeah, yeah, we met, we met here. We're, we're actually both managed by Tileyard. They have a, a separate management company. Um, it's affiliated with the, the studio, but, um, and yeah, they actually look after Sagala and Joel Corey and Ella Air and about, there's about 30 writers and producers that they look after. So we kind of met through that relationship, but as circumstances went, um, I think I th- if I remember correctly, I think I might've been there first and then Steve moved into the room next door. Um, and then, yeah, we just became super good friends. And that was like probably about five years ago now. Wow. And is yeah. beautiful. The first song you guys have worked on together. Uh, no, it's not actually, we've done, done quite a few records together before, but it's the first song that we, um, had done together for our project. So, okay. um, but yeah, we, we both are, um, writing and producing for a lot of other artists as well. So yeah, we've, we've done a few records for other people already. Um, but are so you, yeah, we, you're, you're starting a project together. This is going to be a your um, own project together. Or? No. So, so not, not, not strictly like this release of beautiful was, um, it's kind of Steve's project versus my project. It's like a, you know, a collaboration. So we're not doing it like as a, like, full-time thing together but i'm sure that we we probably will do some more collaborations um in the future um between manofsky and tenchi but yeah we kind of both work across each other's um music quite quite frequently to be honest okay was this Um, so so steve was this a song you had done or like you had pieces of it and then you asked uh tenchi um, to jump on the song like how did the collaboration start it was the opposite. Um, Tenchi actually wrote the chorus with with Height, a, a good friend of ours too. Um, the day before was it? I think it was the day before. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Um, it, it was essentially um, an idea that we had, and Steve and I literally are in and out of each other's studios probably about twenty five times a day, like <laughs> mainly not working and just talking <laughs> and hanging out. We right. eat a lot of burritos as well. Like we have a burrito oh. club. Um, yeah Yeah, if only we weren't on zoom we could all be be hitting up some burritos right now Um, i know the burritos (laughs) i will say though the san diego burritos are far more um superior than here in nashville (laughs) yeah yeah. and and i can imagine that that they're way way more superior than our our long burritos we have well i will say that there is a guy that moved to the town and he opened up a taco shop like a a little Mexican restaurant and he's from San Diego. So he brought a lot of the recipes. So it like the, the inside of the burrito and everything like that kind of the salsas and stuff that come with it are pretty authentic to San Diego, but they can't get the tortilla down. Like the oh, tortilla is like, tortilla. it's like they want, they have to go to like, you know, the local supermarket to buy the tortilla. They don't have the authentic tortilla. Oh man. <laughs> that's, that's the saddest part. And I think that's, I think that's like similar here is like, we don't have like no one in London has, has the tortillas down. I think it's, you know, we don't, we don't have a big, um, a big community of, of burrito lovers. Unfortunately, it's like Steve uh-huh. and I are trying to like, we're trying Let's to ramp it up. Yeah. We're ramping a burrito up. shop in town. <laughs> most, most people who come to work with us in a session will, will leave full having eaten one of <laughs> one of a burrito that we've insisted needs to be eaten. So amazing. Okay. We're flying, flying the burrito flag. But, um, sorry to, um, to interject on the, no, on the I love music question. Um, 
but yeah, so it was, yeah, as Steve's saying, it's kind of, it was the opposite way around. So it was an idea that I was working on and I just kind of had the bare bones and the, the sort of main hook um, of the record. And um, Steve popped in and was like, this is sick. I really love this. What is it? And I just said, you know, it's just a song that we wrote basically yesterday. Beg- and begged you to, for me to work on it. And I was like, I love this. <laughs> I have to be a part of this. I don't care. Let me do something. <laughs> yeah. He asked if he could add some, some snaps on it. And I was like, yeah. of course you can. <laughs> the Manofsky snaps. Um, but no, yeah. Like, um, you know, collaboration is king and, and like Steve and I have done lid stuff together. Like we massively respect each other's work and, We've worked on a lot of records that we wish the other one had been a part of, you know? So like, it's just a, kind of a no brainer, but Steve is like, you know, I love this record and, and I'd love to do something with it. And so, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I probably stemmed it for him and just sent it over and was like, have a, you know, ha- put your ideas in, let's see where we get to. And um, a lot of what you hear now is, is, is kind of that version. So I had the main, basically kind of what I had was the main, piano part and and the the vocal hook um and then yeah steve kind of came in and and added the snaps, did a, <laughs> added the snaps <laughs> and yeah i think steve steve did most of like what become the drop um and the funny story is with this record is that um we actually ended up doing like as you do I don't know. Like, I think there's genuinely like 30 something versions of the song. Um, once Steve had done his initial idea on the record, we then went back in the studio together to finish it, um, you know, sitting together. And we actually got hyped to come back in and wrote a new part, which is like the second verse. Um, so yeah, we all wrote that together. Um, and then, yeah, we just like basically went into the studio a bunch of times to like do different versions and it went off into like a completely different direction at some point um probably a few times but um <laughs> and then the irony being is that, that the version that we end up releasing is it's pretty much i'd say like 90 percent the the first ever version that steve kind of gave back is kind of like what we ended up putting out um that's funny so yeah we kind of went into this full circle and it, and it took a couple of years as well i think it took what was it, Steve? Maybe two two years? Yeah, it was definitely a few years from the first yeah. version. Um, but yeah, it was... Wow, it so was, it's been a work in progress. Well, yeah. you know, we had to go go and do everything we didn't like first. Right, of course. <laughs> to realize that what we had was, was realize, really good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that you loved the first version. Yeah. Um, during COVID and, and when everything kind of shut down, did that affect your guys' workflow or the amount of work you were probably doing or no yeah well definitely like i think like all of london shut down for for three to six months pretty much it was right locked down um i didn't have really a studio at home to work out of like we could have come to the studio but we we didn't know what was going on so everyone was a bit cautious Mm -hmm. um but then we did a bunch of like um it was a good time to do like production zooms zoom production sessions for records that were coming out or whatever okay um because I, I like I remember doing doing production on a record and streaming it to to the artist and he was in like the supermarket buying buying his groceries and then he would be listening to it on headphones and then WhatsApp me and go like oh yeah I love that baseline can you move that you know a, mm-hmm. a, a, a eighth note over or whatever 
so it was it's pretty amazing like being able to produce over the internet and get proper feedback like on the spot yeah yes. i mean zoom is cha life changing right i mean yeah. it's crazy absolutely absolutely and, yeah, it's, and it's... audio movers is is like i think it, from a production per perspective was key because it's it's high high quality yeah, it's, it was an interesting time um, for many reasons. I think one of the, you know, besides obviously needing to mention all the the bad parts of COVID and the, the lives lost and the, you know, the, the disruption and all that, um, you know, trying to look into the positives of it. Like, I think it opened up a new way of thinking and working about making music. I think also for in the job that Steve and I do, um, just to explain, we kind of are like writer producers turned artists in a sense so we've we actually for the most part are working on other projects for more you know established artists and stuff. right um and have we've kind of moved into to releasing music as um you know as the artists themselves but one thing that i would say that was like that was a positive thing about this world change was the amount of sort of opportunities and stuff like that opened up because you have to imagine like most artists time is is mainly spent touring and doing promotion and mm -hmm. and you know it, it was a time where the songwriter producer although important to the process it was kind of i'd say more towards the bottom of the the importance because you know most of the money and stuff comes from live music and touring. And it's like, obviously you need a couple of songs a year to, to sustain that. But really what kind of happened with COVID was the whole business flipped kind of pretty much upside down. And the songs became the most important thing. Cause it was really the only thing that you could do to keep um, sustaining your, your music career. So for me personally, I built, some really good relationships over that time and started working with people that I've always wanted to work with, but I don't, I, I've actually, I, I got personally told by um, a DJ that I work a lot with called Galantis um, that had we not been in a situation, it would be very unlikely that we'd have the time to meet and start collaborating. Um, so yeah, that's an interesting thing as well. Like how it's opened up more opportunities in some sense um, working online and, well, it's and, become um, acceptable to like do a Zoom session, and now it's like, well, like why not work with someone from Nashville? Right. Um, you know, like it's yeah. as long as you get the time zones like fine. Like you know, you can work anywhere with the internet, basically. Yeah, and now yeah. you can work with anyone across the whole world, right? The globe. It, it's yeah, definitely it was... become it's definitely become more like song based, um, which is really cool, because um, it's it's so hard to like produce in the moment on Zoom because um, mm -hmm. of all the lag it's it's more about okay here's some chords let's craft a song and then worry about the production later yeah 100 percent. yeah i think like pre it becoming a thing um to work online it was like if you thought about working with an international artist or writer it was like you would wait till you go to la the one time you know for a few weeks a year to work with that person and now it's right. like my week is like even just if I say today, I've I've done music, you know, maybe not necessarily like producing or making music, but I've conducted um, musical endeavors today in LA, 
in New York, in um, Lithuania, in Italy, in London, and in Germany. Wow. So, and it's like, that's just like normal now. And before it was like, we would wait to go to Berlin for, you know, in three months time to kind of conduct that business. And, um, you know, especially in terms of sessions as well. Like Mm -hmm. it's been cool because like we have way more international, um, you know, international sessions going on now, which is really cool. And it's, um, it's just great to, you know, to be able to connect with people on that level for sure do you think uh beautiful just be the first bit of a project that you guys are gonna put out together Um, yeah let's let's i mean hopefully we we get to do lots more together um i think even if like whether we're like putting our names on it or not Mm where we always work together on on loads of stuff so we could work for something and it's for the tenchi project and or for the Minoski project or, or for whoever. Um, but yeah, it'd be, uh, I think it'd be, it'd be, you know, it's, it's, there's something cool about having your, a click of pe- of people that, that work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you, when you know, you get good stuff, you know, just continuing that, that thing and adding, adding people into the mix here and there. Um, so yeah, I think definitely um, we'll, we'll continue doing stuff and we'll see what happens. I love it. Hopefully we can ride another banger. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Um, and I thank you guys so much for doing this and, and being so cool and flexible on the time. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I have one more question for you both. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Um, I, I mean, it, it, for me, it took ages to like find who, what sound I wanted to to have and, so I, I would say, you know, for, for an aspiring artist, like stay true to your own sound and don't try not to get swayed too much by what's current, you know, or what the some random A&R is saying, oh, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. I feel like if you stay true to yourself and your your vision um, and keep working on it and, and get make the best music you can, it'll something it'll cut through at some point you'll get your break and it'll explode and you'll have a i feel like if you're more unique you'll have a a longer longer career than just copying the next people over or what's cool and trendy i like it yeah that's really really good advice um i think for me i think it's important that everyone I i think it's just important to remember that everyone's different and has different needs and um, you know, what works for one person probably won't work for you. And it's just about kind of going through a journey and finding it, it what it is that inspires you to create something that is unique, um, whether that be living life or, you know, listening and being inspired by loads <laughs> of other, other music. Um, but yeah, I think it's just important to figure out what works for you. And, and um, that's, that's been a long um, journey for myself, to be honest, like just figuring it out. You know, there's a lot of experimentation with um, kind of figuring out like, what is the sort of um, formula that kind of works for you? And I think obviously the fundamental thing is just to have fun. And and I think what I tend to see that, that, that seems to transcend is when music is something that you really passionately yourself believe in and love. And it's like, that is usually where you'll get the most 
chance of, of having, um, you know, a successful career is, is just by basically making yourself happy first and foremost, and not worrying about trying to please other people. And as people saying, like, you know, not trying to follow a trend or anything like that. And I think if you're doing that and you're really excited about what you're doing, that tends to be when other people are really excited about, you know, the music that you're making. That That's how beautiful happened. Right. It was like, we just loved it. We were just like, like from the first time I heard it, um, I was like, literally, I have to be a part of this, whatever it is. So, I mean, and it, it, I think it turned out great. So the, the same kind of method, I think, you know,